Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 91, and it is titled How to Deal with Mismatched Libido. This is actually a subject that comes up a lot in couples. Something that we hear all the time from couples that we work with. Either, you know, he wants more sex or she wants more sex. But it's just something that comes up so, so often. And so Celine just had an inspiration uh, this weekend that this was something we needed to share with you all today. Yes, so we've got a lot of different things that we're going to share with you from what causes lower libidos to solutions to dealing with it. And so it's going to be a very juicy episode. But before we dive into it, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Power and Mastery. If you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men, whether you want to have harder, stronger erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is going to be something for you at powerandmastery.com. All right. So what are we talking about here when we say mismatched libidos? What does that really mean? Well, it's pretty simple. It's one person wants more sex than the other. And usually it's not just it happened once, but it's over a period of time. And what I wanted to bring is that oftentimes people think, oh, he always wants more sex and women have a lower libido. And that is just not the case. A lot of people that we work with, she has higher libido than he does. So things have changed. Maybe there was a time where women had lower libido. And I'm not even sure if that's truly the case. Because if you look back in time, in history, people had sex. People wanted sex. Maybe they expressed it differently. But I believe that both men and women wanted sex. Yeah, I think the idea that it it was men that always wanted more sex is, you know, kind of what they call an old wives tale, you mm. know, like it's a myth that has existed for a long time, probably because in the past it wasn't socially acceptable for women to say that they wanted sex all the time. Um, so I, I think that women have always had a high sex drive. And mm. I actually, at some point I want to do an episode uh, that's titled something similar to... Um, your ancestors had more sex than you or were kinkier <laughs> than you or something like that because, you know, I, I like to read a lot of history stuff. And when I, when I dive into some of this stuff, I mean, we tend to think that, oh, the modern times now are the craziest when mm -hmm. it comes to sex because we see it all over the TV and it's used to sell every product under the sun. But the reality is, is that in many ways, society is more prude now mm -hmm. than it was several decades ago. And there are tons of historical examples of that. So someday, I think maybe just for fun, it'd be cool to do a whole show on that. I don't want to go into that now, but I just wanted to say that this idea that it's always the men that want more sex isn't necessarily true. And mm -hmm. I have one more thing I want to add to, to that as well, which is that nowadays we see it the opposite way around a lot, where the woman actually wants more sex than the man. But you know what we also see a lot in couples that we work with? 
Do tell. Reversed polarity, mm-hmm. where the woman is more in the masculine role and the man is more in the feminine role. Mm-hmm. I personally think that that has something to do with this. Yeah, but also one of the reasons why we tend to say, oh, men have a higher sex drive or want sex more is because it may be more direct. They'll talk about their cocks, they'll talk about what they want, they'll bring it to sex, they'll be like, hey, let's have sex. While the woman is going to be a little bit more like, let's connect. But when she says let's connect, it's kind of code for sex for some, some women, not all the time, but it's kind of what leads to going to sex. So then men kind of got the bad rap because they were more direct and saying, let's have sex. But if in reality, both are seeking the connection. And this is really what we wanted to bring out. And so when we are talking about couples with mismatched libido, we are not saying um, he has more, she has less, she has more, he has less, whatever that is. It can appear in every combination possible. It's also something that can happen um, throughout your relationship at different time in life because we're going to see at different causes of uh, low libido and so you know like after childbirth or like massive things or death in the family or like big things that happen it can take its toll on your sex drive and it's it's very important to understand that oftentimes it's just a phase Okay, and so it's not going to determine the rest of your relationship. However, if you don't do something about it, it could set the course for the relationship. Now, I wanted to bring one more uh, case out there too, which is people that consider themselves asexual. And it's a fairly newer term that has been coined where basically asexuality is a sexual orientation characterized by your persistent lack of sexual attraction toward any gender. And what I wanted to say about this is that there are some people for whom it's not important. They do not experience the sexual attraction. It doesn't mean that they don't want sex or can't have sex. It simply means they don't have that desire and attraction. And while we were researching this, I also learned that some people, they just learned that that some days they're feeling neutral or not, like, just like they neither yes or no. And they go like, well, when I feel neutral, that's when I can have sex with my partner. And so you just need to know where you stand on that spectrum. Are you like a fully sexual being? What's, what's your perfect number? Or are you asexual and to you sex doesn't matter? Because you got to find the, the partner that matches your needs and desire. Yeah. And you know, I think it's important to bring in the asexual piece because honestly, in most cases, this is going to be the outlier, Mm. right? So it's kind of important to bring it up because if you don't acknowledge that sort of elephant in the corner, when you try to have this discussion, inevitably somebody's going to go, yeah, but this person's asexual or I'm asexual or, or whatever it is. And so it's important for us to talk about it and say, okay, yeah, there are some people that fall into that category, but honestly they're going to be the minority. They're going to be the outlying cases and they're not what most people are going to experience. Absolutely. And they are still 1% of the population. And so if that's you, it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to find somebody who feels the same than you do. Otherwise, it's going to be misery. Or someone who's willing to just love you as you are and find ways to get their needs met in different ways, which we'll talk about in a little while. Yes. All right, so 
I want to bring up one more thing here. Now that we are talking about sex drives and libido, um, it's something called the phases of sexual response. A lot of what we know about sex comes from Masters and Johnson, you know, and this, while their studies were groundbreaking and they brought a lot of light into our sexuality, they also lack quite a bit of things. These things were done in the 60s. And the model that they came up with was like, you have four phases of sexual responses. You have excitement, plateau, orgasm, and resolution. Woohoo. Super not sexy, in my opinion. Well, they were scientists, right? (laughs) (laughs) No offense to all you scientists out there, but generally you don't tend to write things in a very sexy way. But, you know, the research they did was groundbreaking for sure. And Mm -hmm. it was only the beginning. I mean, in, in what area of research have you ever seen anything stay static for 60 years, Mm -hmm. which is about where we're at now with some of this research, right? So they did great groundbreaking stuff, and we've learned a lot in 60 years, and we're progressing, and we've got new ideas now. Absolutely, and we've evolved. So that particular model was failing, especially for a lot of women, because it's like, it's hard sometimes to feel excited. And they're kind of missing a big point here, which is desire. And also that this sexual response is not always linear. And that's very important to understand that because sometimes we're like, well, if I don't go A, B, C, you know, it's like, no, maybe you go like C, A, B, you know, there's a different way for you to feel aroused and sexual. And there's a psychiatrist named Rosemary Basson, I'm not quite sure if I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, And she started to do this thing in like 1999. So 33 years after uh, Masters and Johnson, revisiting a few things. And she postulated that for many women, it is the desire for intimacy rather than for physical sexual release per se that serves as the starting point of the sexual response cycle. Yes. And I think we need to clarify a little bit what we mean by desire. Mm. Right? Because when most people hear desire, here's what they think of. I feel a sensation in my genitals that makes me want to have sex, right? (laughs) That's one indication of desire. But the other is, what if you're not feeling horny at all? And you're not actually wanting sex in any way. But you look at your partner and you go, you know... I'm not feeling it really like there's no, no tingle down in the in the genital region. I'm not like, ooh, let's have sex. But I look at my partner and I love my partner and I still want to be able to have sex with them. That's mm-hmm. still a desire to want sex. Yeah, and it's a desire for connection and intimacy. That doesn't mean penetration. And I think that's also very important to understand that because, again, it's going to show up differently. She had a different model that I wanted to talk about rather than the four where she started with desire. So like Kevin mentioned, desire is not just a sensation in the groin area. It's something between your ears. It's it's a thought. It's a desire to connect with in your heart or whatever way that it shows up. From there, it goes to arousal. Arousal, you're starting to maybe want to have sex. And then you move on to the physiological arousal. So for men, that's going to show up in an erection. While for women, usually it's going to show up as lubrication. And it's also an erection, but it's inward, so you don't see it, but there's a swelling and a, a response that happens in the genitals. Then you come to orgasm and end with satisfaction, luckily, hopefully. And um, 
when we talk about this, is like orgasm is really not our goal per se. And what matters more is that satisfaction piece. And I think if we take orgasm out of the equation and make it about the connection and the intimacy more than anything else, it creates a deeper satisfaction. Yeah, if you listen to this show at all, ever, (laughs) (laughs) then you know that orgasm is not not the goal. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So... Another point that I want to bring is simply about understanding that we got to just look at something when it comes to sex about what's underneath. Because if your only desire for sex is to go and have an orgasm, which is fine, it's not going to be sustainable when there's hardship or when you've been in a relationship for a long time, okay? You need to have a deeper why. What does sex provide for you? Okay, and that allows you to move past the difficult, the challenges, which we are about to talk about, the causes of the mismatched libido, when something happens and makes it that you don't really want to have sex. And if you know your deeper why, that you're not having sex to have an orgasm, but you're having sex to cultivate the intimacy in your relationship, to relax your body, to sync your energy with your partner, to give to your partner, or whatever that is then it's a much bigger motivator. Absolutely. So let's talk about, we, ha- we have a list of causes and then we have a list of solutions. Mm-hmm. So we always like to end on the positive, so we'll start with the causes first. <laughs> <laughs> Number one on the list is stress. And it's in capital. Like mm-hmm. It really is. Because your body either makes cortisol or testosterone, but not both at the same time. And so when you have a high stress, there's a low testosterone. And testosterone, while being more of a male-dominant hormone, is present also in women. And you need to have enough testosterone to have a sex drive. And for men, it goes a little bit further. They need much more testosterone because testosterone also helps them have erections. Uh, But that's the starting point. And stress is so, so sneaky. Yeah, well, that's why they call it the silent killer, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't even realize, you're like, I'm not stressed at all. Everything's fine. And then you realize just how stressed you are when your body breaks down. But I know for me personally, stress is the number one thing that kills my libido. Mm-hmm. And the second I can remove some of that stress mm-hmm. and relax a little bit, I'm instantly horny again. Absolutely. And so having some understanding around what causes stress is going to be different for everyone. You know, for some, uh, just having kids is very stressful, and it should be. <laughs> um, and for, for others, it's their job, or maybe it's a financial situation, or maybe it's a physical um, illness that you're experiencing. I mean, stress can show up in so many different ways. But it's basically when you are more into your fight, flight, freeze than in your rest, digest, like parasympathetic nervous system. And And it's going to be tricky to figure out. Usually once you notice that you are stressed, you're way past the point of like, good. (laughs) You're like, it's too late. You are very, very stressed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell us about number two here. All right. So number two is low vitamin D levels. This is an interesting one. Uh, well, we're, we're both laughing because we both started this new vitamin D supplement. And we've, we've supplemented with vitamin D for a long time. But we just we had run out of the one we were using. We didn't get a new one. 
the uh, winter here lasted much longer than we expected it to. And so finally we decided it was time that we we get back on that. And, uh, and so we were both noticing, like we didn't even know that, that low vitamin D had anything to do with your um, libido. And we just noticed that we were like unusually horny for a couple of days. And then we were researching this and we found out low vitamin D levels kills your sex drive. We're like, oh, no wonder we just started this new supplement. <laughs> and so, you know, you often feel more horny in the summer. And our theory was, well, you're more horny because you're naked more or you Or at least wearing skin. little shorts exactly. or little tops or, you know. Absolutely. You're out at the beach in your bikini. But as it happens, it's also because you produce money much more vitamin D. Yeah. So, hey, you know, it's a simple fix. Get some vitamin D free. Transdermal is better that you apply on your skin because it's hard to digest. We, we'll put a link in the uh, in the description for you to uh, find our favorite um, vitamin D supplements. It works. It, it does. Trust us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three is depression. And... Again, I think it's very interesting because um, usually people who are depressed have also like havoc with their hormones. Their serotonins are off and dopamines. I mean, everything is kind of like really off. And I'm like, wow, it's fascinating because which one comes first? You're depressed and then your hormones get off balance or are your hormones off balance and then you become depressed? Or is it both of them like chicken, egg, egg, chicken? <laughs> like which one comes first? Um, but when you are... Um, feeling blue, <laughs> uh, it definitely makes it much harder to get motivated to feel sexual. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number four is chronic illness. So obviously, if you have some sort of chronic illness, you're probably not feeling very sexy mm-hmm. or horny. Um, so, you know, we'll go into the the cures for a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. uh, later on but just so you know that that could potentially be a cause yes and and that's why i think also when you're experiencing chronic illnesses you know you need to have a lot of um just compassion for yourself and compassion for your partner if it's your partner too and i think it has to have a really good discussion about like creating intimacy in a way that works but that will be later yeah both of those are on our list (laughs) number five is of having sleep problems and that's huge because at night that's when your body gets to repair and rebuild and and recharge and if you don't sleep properly if you have like really low quality sleep or um, even things like sleep apnea like a lot of things that inhibits the quality of your sleep and you can't go deep into the deep sleep where the rest and rejuvenation happens it will create again havoc in your body which in terms will make it very difficult to feel um, like li- like high libido or a-, a good sex drive. Yeah, and the thing with sleep problems is if you're not sleeping well, it's actually going to increase your stress levels. Absolutely. But so that's absolutely. You know. And then number six is alcohol and drug abuse, and you know, like it's up to you to see where you are on the spectrum. But I think if you can't spend a day without taking that substance, and when I say drug, it doesn't have to be like uh, super uh, super duty like drugs. Uh, it could be... It could be any of your common drugs, too uh-huh. much caffeine, 
Yes. You know, smoking a little too much weed and in those states where it's legal. Exactly. And also, you got to remember that what you take, like medically speaking, even if it's prescribed by your doctor, a lot of those drugs have side effects. It's very, very common for those things to create like lots of other problems in the body and making you like... Yeah, one of the known side effects of antidepressant medication mm-hmm. is low libido. Yes, absolutely. So And erection problems. Absolutely. So if that's you and you, you know, it might be something you want to talk about with your doctor and switch and, and find something else too. I'm going to add one more that's not on the list. Sure. <laughs> and that is uh, not being physically attracted to your partner. Because, mm. you know, sometimes we hear, well, you know, it's not so much that I don't want sex, but I'm not really physically attracted to this mm-hmm. person. So it's hard to build that desire up. Um, so that's another potential cause. Yeah. And I want to say that it's not, it shouldn't justify all of it because there's more than just a physical appearance. Having been in relationships with over 30 years difference, I can tell you that the men that I were with, um, they were not super sexy due to the age difference. Let's be honest, right? But I loved those men. And so I was still able to feel a deep heart connection and an attraction, even if physically I would not have said that they were the stallion of like my perfect men, right? And so it is possible to generate those feelings and not let that just be the the cause of why you're not having sex. Exactly. So... You gave the solution along with the uh, the cause. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I am super excited about talking about the things that you can do because we have 10 things. But before we do that, uh, we have a special invite for you all listening. So if you are longing for more connection, deeper intimacy and red hot passion in your relationship, and you are a committed couple who loves each other but has lost the spark and has fallen into a boring routine, we have a special invite for you. We've created Relationship Synergy, a cutting-edge, next-level intimacy program for the modern couple to help you fire up your love life. So give us 90 days, and we will help you transform your love life forever. And you can find more about Relationship Synergy at celineremy.com forward slash synergy. And that includes having a low sex drive. We can help you with that. Absolutely. So (laughs) celineremy.com forward slash synergy. So let's talk about some things that you can do mm-hmm. to try to solve this problem of mismatched libido. Yes. Okay. So number one is acceptance that you aren't meeting each other's sexual needs. So, you know, this also, everything starts with like, okay, we've got to identify that there's a problem. <laughs> right. So that, that's basically what we're saying here is that rather than the two of you just not getting along and somebody building up resentment over it, like you have to acknowledge that there's an issue here. Mm-hmm. So that means you have to communicate. And sometimes it's difficult to do just the two of you. So bringing in a neutral third party to help you communicate and express needs and be heard and seen can really work. Um, but that first piece, without accepting and acknowledging that there's something that's not where you want it to be, you will never change. 
And that's the hardest thing because once you acknowledge something, it's easy to start to take different steps or do things differently. But if you're still like hiding under the, the blanket and like, I don't want to say this, it's too scary, um, you're never going to go anywhere. And it also requires a lot of compassion and empathy, not only for yourself, but your partner. And not being stuck in blame, shame, game, but just being, hey, we're in this together. Because ultimately, if you chose one another, then let's work together. Yeah. So number two was to cultivate a healthy sense of empathy, right? Mm -hmm. So first, acknowledge that there's a problem. Then have understanding. Because if you're the one that wants a lot of sex and the other person isn't, that's usually where the person lacks on the understanding and the empathy, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're like, but she or but he and blah, 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 right? So you have to have some empathy for where the other person is at. Maybe they have one of those causes that we talked about earlier in the show. And you need to have some empathy and go, okay, I get it. I understand what they're going through, and then how can we how can we deal with that? And I also think that having empathy for, hey, that person has a higher sex drive. Like, it's okay to want sex a lot, just like it's okay to not want sex. You just have to, to, to have understanding, and that's really important. Well, so then we come to number three on the list, <laughs> which is communicate with your partner about your needs. <laughs> Great segue, thank you. <laughs> not even reading and I'm like just diving into this this is great I love this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's cool is I made this list too and you're just going without even reading it and you're covering all the things on the list so that's great so, <laughs> so yeah you got you've got to communicate mm -hmm. with your partner right communicate that there is a problem communicate that you understand as best you can where the person's at communicate to them what your actual needs are communicate to them possible solutions for how you think that you could have your needs met or have their needs met and i want to say communicate about what you want um because there is another big elephant in the room here maybe the other person doesn't want sex because they're not liking the sex they're getting and uh, put, you put that on the list of causes <laughs> the sex they get is bad <laughs> exactly and um over time people will shut down if they're not getting the kind of sex they want but then once you've been in a relationship for several years and you're like it's really hard to say um i've been faking orgasms you know or like i'm not satisfied or whatever because you don't want to hurt your partner's feelings uh, however i think it's not the faking the orgasms it's not really the the cause, like what's underneath is you're not asking for what you want. What's underneath is you're not speaking up. And this is what, rather than focusing on, oh, I've been lying <laughs> or not saying the full truth, it's like I've been holding back. I want to become better at saying when I want something different. And can we both together uh, co-create something? And also, let's redefine sex a little bit. Okay, hold on. Don't go too far. <laughs> you're jumping. We got 10 things on the list and you're blowing through them all in five minutes. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm going to slow you down. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's further down on the list. So <laughs> let's, let's just talk about number four because it has a lot to do with the communication piece. Okay. And it's about knowing what your sex number is. So Seth Myers, who's a PsyD, he wrote in Psychology Today, I've learned from counseling countless men and women that everyone needs to know what I call their sex number. Simply put, on a scale of one to ten, how sexual do you consider yourself? I use a simple 1 to 10 scale frequently when working with clients to help them figure that out. So 
that's what you're talking about with your needs, right? Mm-hmm. It's important to understand because you just say, I want more sex. What does that mean exactly? Does that mm-hmm. mean like it would be great if you had sex one more time this week? Or does it mean it would be great if you had sex every day that week? Mm-hmm. And if you, if you and your partner don't understand what you're talking about, you're not on the same page, so to speak, they're going to have terrible time communicating and there's going to be misunderstandings all over the place, right? So it's important to know what are your needs mm-hmm. on a scale of one to 10? How satisfied are you? How do you have to go? You have to get your relationship from a one all the way up to a 10 mm-hmm. or do you only have to go from an eight to a 10? Mm-hmm. The solutions are going to be very different based on what that number is. And so number four on the list, is just know what that number is for each of you in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So you know what the gap is that you have to bridge. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting too, because when we work with couples, we always have them do that separately. Like if you had it all your way, what would be your ideal amount of sex that you'd be having in a week or a month, like whatever works. And you know that what I found is a lot of couples actually have the same needs, like very close in their numbers. Even though they might feel sexually frustrated, they kind of both want the same thing, but they're trying to get at it in ways that are not working but it's always like eye-opening for them because we have them share separately and then we bring the numbers to them and they go like oh you said five me too or you said four oh it's just one time difference you know and they go like oh what like suddenly uh, there's a lightness in the room and an understanding and it, it really helps to know that Absolutely. And so we've got six more to do. So I'm going to move through these a little bit faster since we're already at a half an hour in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, slow down and try to focus on the experiences that have worked in the past. Mm -hmm. So there are times, most likely, when you have felt the desire to have sex and you have actually had sex. So reverse engineer that, basically. Mm What what happened? What what did you do? How did you get there? Mm-hmm. Another very interesting point for the female listeners. I don't know about you, but for me, desire is very fleeting. And sometimes I go like, oh my gosh, I feel it right now. And I, I, I really had to tell Kevin, like when I say that, I mean, it's right now. If you wait <laughs> 10 minutes or an hour, I cannot guarantee. And granted, we can't always do this in the moment and stuff. But if there is an opportunity, like when there is a right now, like drop everything and and play with that desire, ignite that fire, do something with it. Yeah, and of course the other thing we always say is that um, you don't really have to have the desire; you can create it. You mm-hmm. just have to get started. Absolutely, the getting started is so 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 important. So how do you get started? You put it in your calendar. Yeah, that's a great way. Yes, because if it's not scheduled, it's not going to happen. And like we've talked about it in many episodes, it doesn't mean it has to end in penetration. It could just be right. nakedness. Well, and we'll talk about this more, I see it on Kevin's list. That's right. When we, <laughs> when we get to that, we will dive in a little bit more about expanding uh, what you mean by sex. Mm-hmm. All right. Number six, uh, get in touch with your own body as opposed to relying on your partner for physical stimulation. This so is huge. Yeah, so so what we're saying here is like okay, one person wants more sex than the other, but how can you take some responsibility? Like let's say let's say I'm the one that wants a lot more sex. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Well, you know, like 20 minutes is fine with me and I'm out." And I'm like, "I'm just getting warmed up at 20 minutes, right?" Well, how can I maybe take responsibility for that myself and say, "Okay, if I want 
an extra 10 minutes, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Right? But I also think it means about knowing your body. How do you get to pleasure? How do you get to orgasms by yourself? What are the things that work on yourself? And you can't just expect your partner to know all your hot zones. Uh, you can guide your partner. So then we're coming back to what we talked earlier about asking for what you want. If you don't know what feels good and what you want, it's going to be really hard. And nobody is going to hand that to you. You have to discover that for yourself. Absolutely. So number seven is all about respecting each other's bodies and boundaries. It's a huge, huge part of navigating a libido mismatch, okay? So no one, and this is really important, guys, no one should ever do, do, have to do anything they don't want to. And everyone has a right to say no. But there are also times in which collaborating and communicating about what would work is a better idea than shutting someone down with a flat out, not tonight, honey. Right. There are much nicer ways to say that you didn't like that idea so much, but maybe here are some other ideas that would work. One of the things that we do is, uh, rather than saying no, is to say, um, well, that's, that's, that's a great idea, but here's what I would love. Or you can say no and say, you know, I'm not excited by that, but here's what excites me. So always say something else. And even if it's just, I would just love to hold hands and breathe together. Like it doesn't matter what that is. Always bring something that you are really a yes to and start from there. Yeah. Well, because if both people aren't a yes to it, it's just going to create more resentment, Mm -hmm. right? And it's actually going to decrease the chances that next time they're going to want to have sex, right? Absolutely. So, you know... It doesn't matter whether it's the guy or the girl. The person who wants more sex needs to do things that increase the chances and likelihood of getting more sex. Mm-hmm. So if you do something that you know is the other person's not going to like, well, that's going to decrease the chances that they're going to be up for it the next time. Because mm-hmm. the next time you're going to go, well, yeah, let's have sex. And they go, oh, man, last time you made me do blah, blah, blah. And I really didn't like that. Like it's, it's instantly going to kill the mood. So. Mm-hmm. so number nine here, let's go back. Oh, we're finally getting to yours. I know. This is Number like, eight. No, it's nine. It's expanding what Not each of you... All right, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> For some weird reason, I have a different list, but who cares? Weird. No sharing is weird. But anyway, expanding what each of you means by sex. And this is what I was talking about earlier, because it can be really helpful to, um, to find a happy medium. You know, sex doesn't always need to have to be a penetration. It can be anything you want it to be from kissing, oral sex, BDSM, holding. I mean, it's like whatever increases the intimacy and keeps you connected. And this is essential because I think one of the biggest problems that couples do is they're saying, oh, we have a mismatched libido, we don't have sex, and we don't even touch anymore. And it's like, no, touch, kiss, love on each other, keep that going because that's the base of it. And without it, you're never going to come to a place of having a desire that's matching but with having that touch that's still there and that connection there is a chance for more absolutely so yeah expanding what you consider sex is really important Mm -hmm. in a situation like this because there could really be ways for you to get your needs met that are different than what you thought in your mind Mm -hmm. now that of course also brings us to the next one on the list which is rethink monogamy okay so you know this is this is further on down the list because Mm -hmm. for most people this might be a little too challenging for them but here's the thing 
if you have one person in a relationship that is just like, you know, this is where I'm at. Either either they've got a medical condition and they just physically can't do it, or they've just decided that that's not what they want to do anymore, like they're in a different phase of their life, whatever it is. If they've decided that this just isn't something that they can do, but now you've got the other person in the relationship going, well, okay, great, but then what happens about my needs? Do I just have to suffer the rest of the time? No, a possible solution is to rethink monogamy. Find ways for both people to get their needs met without having to end the relationship. Absolutely. I know some people are saying it's not all about sex. You can love somebody without sex. And absolutely. And also for some people, having sex is essential. And so both partners should be able to get their needs met. And there are very beautiful ways to open up relationship or find creative ways that work for both partners. We have episodes on that. Um, We have um, coaching Randy through open relating like how to really start that and we have monogamy or polyamory which one is right for you so we've got a couple episodes for you that you can check out mm-hmm. now i want to bring another point here on our list which is about sexual energy you can use sexual energy for other things than just sex you could use it for creating things it's creative energy you can create projects and art or just fuel that energy into your passions yeah, in life put it into your work projects uh-huh. there's a lot of ways you know we call it sexual energy And we've talked about this in other episodes that we've done. You know, different uh, societies uh, throughout history have called it different things. They call it uh, uh, G or Ching or Mm -hmm. Prana or Life Force Energy or whatever you want to call it. There's all these different names, but it's really just energy. It's Mm -hmm. the energy of life and it flows through us. And you can use that energy for a lot of different things. It doesn't just have to be sex. So... One thing that you can do, and, and, and I strongly suggest this for guys. In fact, we we talked in one of our episodes about uh, whether or not blue balls really exist, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, no, they don't really exist. It's just a buildup of a stagnation of energy in the lower chakras in the genitals. And it's like, just learn how to move that energy out. Mm-hmm. Move it out and do something creative and productive with it. Mm-hmm. And we can help you with that if you don't know how. Mm-hmm. And last on our list is to consider ending the relationship. And the reason it's last on the list is because first we want you to try everything we just listed. And then if you come to a place where you're like, it is just not working, life is too short to be stuck in something that doesn't work for either one of you. And, you know, sometimes that's just the way it is. Sometimes yes. people just aren't a good match. We do sometimes see that where people come to us and they, they really, really want to fix it. They really want to work it out. And at the end of the day, you know, all we can say is you guys just really aren't a good match. Mm-hmm. So you have a choice. You're, you're, you can either do your best to make it work. Or you can move on. Mm -hmm. But don't just go there first. This is why it's last on the list. Because for most people, if you apply the things we just taught you, it will help improve your, uh, your libido, your sex drive, and how you communicate and operate sexually. Yeah. So for the overwhelming majority of people, this is an absolutely solvable problem. Mm -hmm. But if you've tried everything and it's just not working for both of you, then that's sort of the last resort. All right. Well, there you have it. (laughs) We did it. We gave you, depending on whose list we're reading from, either 10 or 11 or 12 things. (laughs) The the numbering scheme seemed to get a little off there. But we gave you lots and lots of things that you can do. So 
you know, do your best. If you need help with this, of course, reach out to us and consider working with us because this is absolutely solvable and we want everybody to experience an amazing sex life where their needs are always met. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab Podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>